Welcome to That Tree Lady Podcast, Episode 8. Your tree type and festivities. Let's talk about celebration. It is wonderful to finally be back with an episode about what was supposed to be Christmas. Oh my goodness, so many months of not being able to do the podcast because of reality. I'm so envious of these dependable, consistent folk who are able to do their podcasts on the weekly or sometimes daily basis and do that for years and years. That's definitely one of my goals, to be that consistent. Now, what has been so disruptive, of course, between Christmas and now has just been life and so much of what we all have been dealing with. And even Christmas can be a little bit of a trigger word now because the last one for me was super wonderful because it was a very unusual event where I live here in Tennessee where typically Christmas is not white, but it snowed all through Christmas Eve and we woke up to an absolute fairy tale on, on Christmas morning. So I could not actually complain and yet it was also going to be a Christmas where my parents would have been present and so it had that tinge of sadness that they couldn't be there. I mean their stocking was up and it was just unbearable to know that that's another one of the many losses we just had to accept as part of the new normal. And if anything was affected by this pandemic, it's been celebration. I looked up the word and it is from the mid-15th century and it means to perform publicly. Okay, we have a problem immediately because so much was shut down publicly by lockdowns and so forth. And then the rest says with appropriate rites. And that's, of course, traditions and festivities, which are often hard to do with a mask and six foot apart from each other. Um, and then the rest says it's originally from mass terminology. In other words, Roman Catholic Church terminology. So it's from the Latin celebratus, which means much frequented, kept solemn and famous. So it's a past particle of celebrare, which means assemble to honor and also to publish, sing praises of, practice often. So it's that whole focus of make famous. And then originally it meant to frequent in great numbers. So it's this gathering, like all of you, the more the merrier, just come out in large numbers and let's do this together and let's do a combination of the solemn and the celebratory. And then it says um, that it has a sense to it of being well attended, famous, and often repeated. Now, these three words could no less apply to my birthday a little over a year ago. It was just locked down and I was getting really ready to celebrate. I was getting ready to pretend for one day that I'm famous because that's what you are when it's your birthday. And it was going to be well attended. And yes, it's going to be often repeated every year, please, for the rest of my life. And so I had dreams of what was going to happen. I had a long list of new friends here in my new country that were going to be invited. And all of that just obviously did not materialize. So then this year... 
my husband booked an inn, a cute little German building that that's mostly frequented, to use one of the celebratory words, by bikers. Um, so a bikers inn, and that may not sound very charming, but I promise you that it was. And it's on the Blue Ridge Parkway, but this beautiful view on the Smoky Mountains and super affordable, think biker rates, so not your lardy dog place, but just exquisitely positioned um, near little Switzerland, not too far from here. And that was the plan that he would book two rooms, invite some of my friends along to come and celebrate so that we can now finally gather because we had a little bit of a dip in the pandemic here in our region and we could risk this. And everybody that we invited either had already been vaccinated or had already been sick and was still immune. So it was a safe party just as a, as a caveat. But we went all out. And when we got back, um, and I'll explain a little bit of what we did, we had a very emotional gathering around a big white chocolate lasagna. Now, if you have not committed that particular sin, you have to find yourself a few bites of white chocolate lasagna. There's no pasta or sauce or... Um, ground beef in sight, of course. This is just layers and layers of decadence. Nothing screams celebration more clearly than that particular dessert. Anyway, um, we gathered around the leftovers of that dessert and we had all sorts of emotions happening because I think all of us realized that this was the first time we celebrated in a long time. And it's not as though my friends hadn't had birthdays or hadn't had get-togethers, but it was one of those opportunities where we talked about our histories. We talked about differences that nearly tore us apart over the past few months. Spiritual differences. Differences in, in practice. Differences in habits. Differences in how we thought we should handle the crisis of the world right now and also political differences. And those make for interesting conversations. So we unpack those moments when we realize the importance of the essence of celebration, which is about dropping it and just getting together. Just not having someone at the door, checking every one of your beliefs, putting you through some kind of a litmus test and then inviting you to the party, but just throwing the doors open and say, let's get together and eat white chocolate lasagna. Yeah, I'm obsessed with it. And do other things you probably shouldn't do because it is incredibly important psychologically, emotionally, socially, spiritually, in, in every way to do just that. Now, I said I would say a little bit of what we did and I know it's it's like showing people photos of your vacation. Nothing is more exciting for you and more boring for the audience, right? But I want to share some of it so that you have an idea of the elements of celebration that I saw in it looking back. And what it was is we went to a place I took a photo of when we passed through that mountain pass with my parents. And we stopped because there's a look over right there, uh, oh, a, a lookout point right there. And I took this photo and I thought, when my parents visit again, that's where I want to take them because they were also just infatuated with this little inn. It's really pretty. And 
the selection of that particular place is celebration because it is the exploration and the enjoyment of something that a lot of value is attached to. So I was sad and happy in that place and that's what celebration is. It's always sadness and happiness together. It's the full range of human experience. Now, what also happened was because we were the first guests of the season, I got a call from the the, the owner of the inn, I guess about two days before my birthday. And he said, listen, you guys are going to be our first guests and we would love to make a ribeye dinner for you. So would you like that? And I thought, but of course we would like that. Now, normally I would say, how much does it cost? But if you haven't eaten out with friends for almost a year, you don't care, right? You don't ask those questions. You just go, absolutely, yes. And that's another aspect of celebration is for once, I don't pull out my calculator. For once, I live as though I live in a place of abundance and I share that abundance with people around us. And it is essential to do celebration on a budget is not really celebration. And then we had our fantastic meal. It was wonderful. And then they brought a little carrot cake into the dining room for just the four of us. And then some candles on a little, um, on a little stand so that I wouldn't blow over this cake in the days of COVID, you know. And um, so thoughtful and a little card. And they don't know me from Adam. And that's the other thing about authentic celebration is the ability to bring people together who have never met each other before and have probably unbelievably little in common. And then I asked this lady, do you do this for everybody? And she said, Yes, we do. And here is why. Because when my mother turned 80, we went to a wonderful place, very pricey, very, very um, luxurious. We wanted it to be a special treat. And we made sure to let everybody know that the occasion was my mom's 80th birthday. And nobody did a thing about it. Not a special welcome, not a little touch to the decoration, not a moment at the table. It's not as though they needed the big band to come and play just for her. It was just acknowledgement that here is a person of worth. And that is what they did for me as a response to experiencing the sting when people don't know how to celebrate a life. And I didn't turn 80, surprise, surprise, but they still felt that it was worth celebration. What a beautiful thing. And then we played card games till the wee morning hours. Well, well it, was, it wasn't quite wee morning hours. I think we're too old for that. We, our our um, stamina didn't, didn't quite hold out, but it was after midnight. And that is another thing of celebration is this, this, this buying out of every minute, the absolute celebration of time. When you invite people to a Christmas party, you don't tell them, make sure to be gone by 11 p.m. You don't. You leave that open. You forget about what happens after that. And I think my, my brother did that probably better than I did because I called him last week. And we talked about his celebration because we are twins. And occasionally 
when we haven't spoken to each other for a while and we reconnect, then we find all sorts of interesting resonance. Like me having a particularly sad day one day, remembering it to the extent that I would have journaled it. And we talk about something and he shares a horrible experience. And of course, it happened on that day. And I just had no reason why I was so sad. But it's something about that special twin connection that that reached my heart half a world away. And so I said, hey, so I had a fantastic birthday. No holds barred. And he said, oh, yeah, I I can testify to the same thing. Uh, he started his birthday party with a couple of drinks with friends after work on Friday and basically lost time until Sunday. Um, details available directly from him. I don't have permission to share. But the point is that he also, for the first time in a year, could be with friends and have a wonderful carefree time and absolutely did that minute by minute and just kept adding guests to that list because of his street type which we'll get to a little bit later anyway after this late night um card game um spree with my friends we got up before sunrise to see this beautiful beautiful sunrise over the valley next to the blue ridge parkway and it was beautiful and that too is celebration the ability to just look away from the day, day-to-day day stuff and, and see beauty of any kind. And then we got some more beauty on a hike. And then I took them to my favorite, favorite little um, coffee shop restaurant in a place called Banner Elk. Just a gorgeous little place. And my favorite bookstore ever with just absolute treasures in there. And what that was, was me trying to build history. Because it is incredibly difficult to celebrate something like an almost 50-year-old life with people who did not witness any of it. (laughs) So the history I could share with them was so different from what I would share if I celebrated my birthday with lifelong friends who went to school and college with me, who were at my wedding, who whose children grew up with my kids. But we can't properly celebrate. And we can feel that. We can feel the shallowness of the celebration when we can't get together around history. And that is such an important part of celebration, is that acknowledgement of the value of our individual journeys and so my history in the U.S. is very short but it includes a couple of places that I have frequented and that I have um, started building tradition around with my family. So we have pictures at this place in Banner Elk from when my son was two. He is now 19. So we have a 17-year-old history even though we've just popped in and out of the U.S. That's a That's one place and Hilton Head Island is another place where we've been frequently over the span of time. And so that is the only place where I've made history in this country of a sentimental and celebratory nature. That's, you know, a place that we go to to celebrate, to heal, to um, commemorate anniversaries and so forth. So I took them back to a place of history, a place where I feel more me than other places so that they could witness a bit of my my 
past, even though it's just very spotty compared to the friends that I grew up with and what they know of me. But we seek to do that when we celebrate. We seek to put our histories together and stand on that common ground and go, I know, I know. Yes, I remember I was there. And, oh, I feel the same way you do about this. Um, We need that commonality so much when we celebrate. So, and then we cried over the, the lasagna, of course, because when we got back and we had seen things of each other and we had shared beauty and we had stirred dreams in one another and we had reconnected over differences of culture and opinion and faith and, and, and we had a true celebration around that little table. And, and I finally received my real gift after getting all sorts of wonderful presents along the way. They gave me a magnolia tree. Oh my goodness, and it, I was so blown away by it. It had a laminated cord with the deeper meaning of this tree, and it was going to to make just the most gorgeous flowers. And I and I made sure within a day or two that we had it in the ground, properly planted according to the instructions. And that was going to be a tree of remembrance, because every time I see that tree, this celebration with these new friends in a new country after all of the the interruption of celebration that was going to mean something entirely new and that will be my celebration tree forever uh, but then about a week later just after i took photos of these wonderful blooms budding all over this little tree we had a freak hailstorm that absolutely <laughs> destroyed and ripped to shreds pretty much everything in our garden. And it, it tore off every single flower. But now this is the wonderful thing about celebration. It doesn't have to be perfect. Some elements are going to, miss, to be missing. Somebody's not going to be able to make it. The song they were supposed to play may not play. Um, the the food we always have, you know, the turkey prepared just so may come out a complete flop. And then we will have to find the other elements of that celebration to still say it was a great Thanksgiving, right? And that is the resilience of humanity and the resilience of my little magnolia tree that is so key and core to the ability to find joy in celebration, even when it is not entirely perfect and not entirely joyful. It's a part of that solemnness that is just as valid in celebration as the pure joy. Now, what in the story has to do with our tree types at all? You know, where does tree type fit into it. Well, I thought about this, how some tree types suffered for the lack of celebration much more than others on a conscious level, but everybody lost a lot because of it on a subconscious level. I see all of the tree types performing um, little telltale shows 
of the damage done to our souls and our spirits by not gathering publicly in big numbers frequently around the solemn and and the sacred and the joyful um, and the social and the religious and the normal everyday stuff, all of it was such a loss that it left us scarred. And I want to talk about how each of the tree types for me brings something special to the importance of celebration, but also have a barrier up, have a a blind spot, I want to say, that can eat away at the value of celebration in their lives. And I would like for you to look in this mirror and see what you can adjust in how you approach and incorporate celebration in your life so that you can reap all these beautiful benefits that are available when we do celebrate. So first of all, the pine trees. Now, I picked pine, as some of you will remember, for all the richness in that metaphor. And one of it was that it looks like a Christmas tree around which the whole family is drawn to, to get together in spite of their differences. It's when we're not going to talk about the black sheep of the family. It's when everybody's going to be equal and we're going to do this thing. And pines are fantastic doing just that, gathering into our harmonious space people who may otherwise not gather. And celebrations do that. Even the small ones, the stupid ones, the first day of school, the the proms, the, the birthdays, not just the public holidays, but those that are unique just to us as families, to us as couples, to us as communities, even to us as countries. Um, America goes on their merry way, not pausing for a moment when South Africa has Heritage Day and South Africa couldn't be bothered less with the 4th of July. And so our reasons for celebrating will always be different, but every single one of them will have an element of people gathering in spite of their differences. I mean, not everybody celebrates the same thing when we are together for a festival. Some are all about the sacred. Some are sacrilegious. Think, for example, about Easter. We've just celebrated Easter last weekend, and it was a mixture of the sacred, the sacrilegious, the sanctimonious, and the secular. Now, I'll explain. I mean, we each, in, in this Western culture, took notice of it, acknowledged it, and celebrated in our own way, right? And for the sacred, people seeing the sacred in it, it was solemn and so joyful because of the deeper meaning of the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. And and then with us in the pews, in our churches, or wherever we were celebrating, there was some sanctimonious stuff going on as well. Because if you sat there and, and you just come to church maybe twice a year at Christmas and Easter, and you wear the right things and you kind of lip sync with these songs you've never heard in your life, and, and you... You know, you try and do the religious thing every now and again. That is sacrilegious, really. Or that is sanctimonious. That's what I should say. Sanctimonious because it's just the outside appearance of 
that holy, but it really has no depth on the inside. And we all do that. We do that when we clap for a person we don't know, who receives a degree we think is useless when we attend these massive graduation functions. That is sanctimonious too. It's us just playing the holy game when really, no, we, we are detached from it on an emotional level. There's also just the secular where somebody would say, oh, to me, it's all about the chocolate eggs. <laughs> let's, let's be clear. It's about uh, the Easter egg hunt with the grandchildren. And I don't make excuses for overspending on that. And we eat until the sugar high and low throws us off its roller coaster. That's what we do. That is secular. That, but there's a fourth way of celebrating, and that is the sacrilegious celebration. And those are people who notice what's special and holy to people in a celebration and they go out of their way to mock that. And that you will have seen when people tell awful stories about a couple at a wedding to make them seem just less wonderful because it's too unbearable to have all of this positive attention around this couple that you know irreverent things about. Um, so it's a person who is inappropriate in the middle of the celebration just because they get some kind of a kick out of, out of it. Now these four styles will obviously determine what you will truly get out of a celebration. And I thought about it and I thought, I definitely believe that the sacred celebration, as is kind of encapsulated in the original word, is super important. But we think sacred means solemn. We think sacred means long-faced, dreary organ music, black robes, um, and tasteless food. No, 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 not at all. Sacred means valuable. Sacred means non-negotiable. Sacred means eternal. It it's the true essence. Now, pine trees are able to put that sacred on the table without the, the unnecessary sentiment, without the fanfare, but they are uniquely gifted to know what something is really about. And they will uh, take that turkey that didn't come out right and go, oh, well, and move on with the party because at least you are all here and isn't it all about family those are the kind of things they say because yes they do know what it is really about what is hard for them of course is if there is a celebration and dear members of the family or circle of friends cannot be there so the absence of their special folk can really ruin a celebration for them and in this desire to bring everybody together there is sometimes in the celebration a massive compromise because pine trees will not enter into any conflict so that the celebration can continue. And unfortunately what that means is we're, we're sometimes as pine trees then settling for the sanctimonious because the sanctimonious means we're not being real with each other. We are quote-unquote, sitting on the same pew, looking in the same direction, or we're gathered around this Christmas tree and are all just pretending to love each other. 
And that does affect the depth of celebration. I could see that my pine tree friend did not enjoy the whole conversation that happened over the white chocolate lasagna because it was uncomfortable. It was about our differences. It was about our disagreements. But when we had cried over that and sorted that out, she was back on board. But had she known that we are going to come together and among other things, we're going to try and sort out our differences, she may have bowed out of the entire celebration altogether. But the depth of this beautiful memory and what that magnolia tree now represents for me, because we were not sanctimonious, it was a little messy. It was a little messy, but we created a sacred space of unity there that was that ended on a super happy note. That was so, so valuable. Now, of course, there are three more trees and I am going to take less time explaining them because we now have established this whole idea of sacred, sacrilegious, secular and sanctimonious. Um, now, the box which will never, never be accused of being sacrilegious or, or um, secular, they err on the side of being way too sacred and way too sanctimonious because it's really often for the boxwood about getting the celebration just right. So, you know, the invitations go out a long way in advance and they have to be the right color scheme. And then we have to have the exact number of people attending so that we can prepare properly and the program needs to be worked out and the menu needs to be set and then you know we need to have topics prepared and everybody should be should be attended to in the finest detail and after the celebration the poor boxwood slumps to the ground in a helpless bundle of exhaustion and this was a celebration yeah, so there is something wrong with this picture that boxwoods can sometimes be swallowed up in because they do believe it's about these sentimental things, these specific um, bullet points that need to be checked off. And there is another part to the boxwood that can sometimes turn a celebration into something that is less joyful than it can be, and that is our our propensity to drag the past into something. Now, we are also the ones who make sure memorials are built. We make sure that there is a ledger with all the names of the World War II veterans of every country who participated in that war. We are the, the archive. So we also make sure that that important component of celebration always happens, where we don't forget somebody still is due some kind of a recognition. And I just heard a beautiful story about an 80-something-year-old veteran who was baptized in our church as a very old man. And somebody present at his baptism realized that he, as one of those World War II vets, may never have received all of the medals that he qualified for in World War II because they were just so many soldiers returning in their millions and they kind of lost a grasp on the details. I guess they did not have enough boxwoods on that assignment because if they had enough boxwoods on that assignment, everybody would have gotten their medals. But anyway, this person that I'm just going to assume was a boxwood realized this and did all the research. Lo and behold, this person was owed 
a number of metals, this um, assumed box would source those metals and then a special little ceremony was held at our church with witnesses and a celebration of this war hero and he was awarded his medals. Um, what a beautiful example of celebration. And this is the kind of celebration that boxwoods ensure happen. They make sure they know all the babies that are going to be born in the next few months so that they can get ready to participate in the baby showers. They, they are just so on top of it because it matters to them and they do want things remembered and documented and validated. But then there are negative things such as death dates and divorce dates and disaster dates that they also want to keep commemorating. Now, commemorate is just another word for celebrate. So they are as dedicated to those um, dates of loss as they are to the festivals and that can be exhausting to those around them. It can be extremely exhausting if I have to keep track of the dates of every close friend or family member you lost so that I would know why you are down today because you have to stand still and you have to pause your life and you have to be sad for a day because you've chosen to commemorate in that way. Unfortunately, um, those are some of the festivals that are hard to share with others. Those are some of the celebrations that you often have by yourself, which amputates half of what celebration is about because it's hard, hard to share those, isn't it? And still, that is what I guess nowadays social media is for. And I've seen such a beautiful display of empathy when a boxwood or a pine tree who is very attached to friends and family share this last year after year after year on their social media. And year after year, their friends are willing to gather on that post, um, figuratively speaking, and, and have that solemn moment around the sacred with their friends. And I think it may matter more to boxwoods than to anybody else that that can be done. Now, if a boxwood can get over the, I want to say, the legalism of certain um, celebrations, which is hard to do if you because we're research, researchers, right? So a box that looks up the real origin of a certain festival or a certain historical day, and they suddenly realize they have a problem with this with this holiday, and they have a problem with the celebration, and they have a problem with this person who is being commemorated, and now they can't celebrate. They just can't, as a matter of principle. So then there are sometimes these technical legalistic points that steal away opportunities to celebrate. Celebration of something doesn't mean total endorsement of every element of it. It is okay for you to say there are some elements here that I regard as sacrilegious, secular, or sanctimonious, and I will commemorate only the sacred. That's okay, but you don't need to Remove the life from the party when that is how you see it. Celebrate in accordance with your conscience. But don't let little things about the turkey not being cooked right or about people not dressing the way you think they should have dressed or 
people not playing the song that goes for the occasion. Don't let those little things steal from you the joy of celebration. I have heard from many boxwoods that if a certain person, person is going to be there, then I'm not going to be there. So they will miss family funerals. They will miss birthdays. They will miss weddings because a certain person is there. And the whole, the whole point of celebrare is for a crowd to be together. And inevitably in every crowd, there will be a person you have a belief clash with. Celebration is an invitation, dear fellow boxwood, for us who are so awfully principled to put people above principle, to put peace above principle, to put um, ritual above principle. And we really can do that because we don't need to endorse whatever somebody else is doing. It is okay to be with sinners, as Christ has so beautifully demonstrated on many occasions. Anyway, Rose Bushes, you are not too celebratory, are you? And I share a lot of genes with you. So when I realized that I could potentially this year have friends for my birthday, the Rose Bush part of me went, yeah, or I could just go alone, see all the places I wanted to see um, that weekend, go to all these places on my checklist and get a lot of work done. <laughs> there was that temptation. But I also have some palm tree in my social profile and that one over, fortunately. And of course, my husband who knows me well realized that my palm tree hasn't had a fix in a long time. And so hence his arrangements for that weekend. But back to the rose bushes, you celebrate as an endorsement that something was done well. You celebrate achievement. All this getting together and eating stuff and putting up seasonal decorations and singing silly songs that nobody knows what they mean anyway and meeting with people you don't like, that seems like an awful waste, right? And you probably see through it and see the commercial gains somebody else is, you know, after. And it just doesn't float your boat. Because you don't attach value to any of the above. But you will celebrate a major achievement. You will celebrate a win um, quickly <laughs> and, and without too much hoo-ha. But you will do that when it really matters. But what about celebration of progress? What about celebration before you actually reach the goal? Now, I've read about the cycle of energy that drives and motivates us and it says that when we have a wonderful idea, we go into a little bit of a discovery phase and then we, we, we plan a little or a lot, depending on our personality. Then we dive in and there's so much energy, joy and momentum there. There's hope and optimism and then, and then comes a hard grind and then eventually comes the result and the outcome and then the celebration, right? No, wrong. The researchers tell us that if you do not celebrate somewhere between when the hard work starts and the project is completed, you will not have the same outcome. And so once you are in that final stretch, they tell us to start celebrating. So 
to celebrate in anticipation. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to like this, Rose, which is like, no, no, no. First get the job done, done then party. But the ability to celebrate the journey, to celebrate milestones on the way, that is an important growth challenge that every rosebush has to deal with. We have to deal with being able to celebrate that child's first day of school, not just the day when the merit badges are handed out. To celebrate every season as it comes, even when it doesn't bring a new job or new money or a grand opportunity. But to celebrate those mundane things that testify of the journey that we're on. Oh, and I know you hate the word journey, Rose, but it's okay. Breathe. You can handle it. What your attitudes around celebration can do to you is rob you of a lot of beauty, of a lot of rubbing up against people who are not like you that'll that'll polish off some of your worst thorns and that'll be a good thing and also celebration combats loneliness and i saw it in this season how many rose bushes said oh well you know what if i can just watch church online via live stream and get Sunday lunch cooked at the same time and some cleaning done around the house, why would I ever go back to church again? What would be the point of getting all dressed up, taking all that time out of your day and then still having to come home and cook? No, no, no. I figured out the efficient way to do this church thing is you log onto that link and you watch it in your own perfect time. And oh man, no, this is, this is a good idea. This is how I want to celebrate the community of believers. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's not celebration. And it won't do nearly half of what getting together in big numbers regularly around whatever will do for you. And so Rosebush, I want to challenge you to get back to celebration. And if you plan to celebrate anything only by yourself, I want you to remember the original definition You can't toast yourself. It's not a celebration. It's sad. It would have been sad if my original plan won over and I went to the little inn by myself. There would not have been white chocolate lasagna for one thing, but there would be a lot of other losses much bigger than that. Because I don't cook right. I don't bake. I don't make the lasagna. It's my other friends who do. Palm trees. Oh, my goodness. Celebration is just in your coconut oil, isn't it? It is just in your roots. You can't help it. Um, The first time I visualized a palm tree as a metaphor for the personality type, I saw one in my mind's eye in a hula skirt, wiggling its hips, and there were pink drinks involved in, you know, in pineapples and coconuts. And there was a coconut bikini there somewhere, and there were a lot of people, and they were loud, and the sun was shining, and... Um, there were other hula girls dancing along in grass skirts. I saw the whole thing. I saw your party because that party is pretty much constant in your head. That's a celebration. So any excuse to party, but is a party celebration? That's that's the palm tree question. Now, celebration is just not a party because there has to be a reason to party. And it is Friday, 5 p.m. is not a reason. So celebration is not just a party. Celebration is a getting together with, you can still do 
the coconut bikini and you can still do the pink drinks with umbrellas and straws in and that's that's completely okay but either a person or a thing or a memory or a loss should be at the core of this getting together and I I love palm tree funerals and this may sound absolutely awful but but they they know how to have a balanced celebration and they often also don't call it a funeral they call it a celebration of life and that is what that is such a perfect example because the best of that person is retold by family and friends. The most beautiful photo of that person is enlarged and put on an easel and the most beautiful flowers available in that season are put next to it. And people have the most noble thoughts about that person and all of the key moments in their life are validated and brought back to our our attention. And then somebody makes lovely food and serves it with great generosity. All the elements are there. And the last palm tree party I went to, and it was a funeral, we, we as a guest were instructed to wear bright colors, especially yellow. <laughs> um, oh, the color of, of the sun, the color of new day, the color of new hope. It's so, so appropriate and that almost only a palm tree can do so the palm tree danger or the palm tree warning when it comes to celebration is not just to party for party's sake not to use vacation holidays um, birthdays and other festivals as an excuse to just do the sacrilegious stuff and the secular stuff but to Create space in your soul for the sacred, even if you can just hold it for a couple of seconds, especially if it is a loss, I know, but losses are sacred too. To learn how to just hold them for three or four seconds and go, oh yeah, I feel it. Because what celebration ultimately does with your palm tree, your rose bush, your boxwood, or your pine tree heart is it enlarges it. It enlarges it to embrace more, to experience more, to feel both loss and gain more intensely, to be more present in the present and to be more prepared for the future and to be more mindful of the past. It, it's everything. Um, celebration tr- truly is everything. And so I want to I put it out as a bit of a challenge to all of us to find more reasons to celebrate and to find more ways to do so with all of the elements of it kept in mind and for us to try and move beyond our tree type which would mean pine tree even though you don't care who wins if you have a rose bush in your life be able to celebrate achievement because it matters to them and vice versa <laughs> rose bushes please tolerate encourage and preferably also pay for the celebrations of the pine tree that have everything to do with the journey and nothing with achievement or outcome palm trees can you just help the box with get over 
the mashed potato that's too sloppy or the Christmas tree that just doesn't look the way they visualized it? Can you help them loosen up over exactly how we celebrate and then in turn they will help you find the sacred so that you can remember what it is about and and allow the party and the celebration to reach your soul and your spirit when you are together. So each of us have some work to do in order to celebrate fully and exuberantly and in a way that knits us closer together as community. And if you are still in a country or a space or a time in your life where this gathering together in large crowds is not currently possible, then find ways to make that group as big as you possibly can. Make compromises. Employ technology. Move out of your comfort zone to celebrate if need be and your soul will certainly thank you. Thank you.